Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I am the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm Cloud. So as always, for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch in a number of episodes that best showcase that series' strength. And last week's anime was not an anime, it was a movie. Uh, a live action Hollywood movie, uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Malcolm, how was it? Uh, it's wild. It's a wild experience uh, that... I, I can't I I can't really understand how it like exists like it's it's a thing that shouldn't exist like it should have only be on paper that this movie exists and now we have it for a blockbuster it's like wow I uh, can't believe this has been produced and that's the thing I appreciate the ambition it has the wildness of the Super Mario Brothers movie but at least with some degree of competence yeah I mean it's like hey we're gonna get the guy who directed that Jack Black movie Gulliver's Travels you know based on that oh, like Goosebumps is, story Goosebumps from is decent too I mean I think Goosebumps is what really got him the job <laughs> yeah I haven't seen Goosebumps um but I saw Gulliver's Travels uh, uh, no. because I'm uh, I, I have an English degree and it's just like oh that guy's gonna direct uh the first live action pokemon film and it's like it you never he doesn't really know if it wants to be for kids or not <laughs> i still fun. felt it was pretty kiddy like i said in my opinion at least it was it was the dreamworks type of kids movie yeah it was definitely going for amblin style kids um, movie. yeah anyways just for some housekeeping because thankfully the uh, the history section for this series we're covering is a bit short i do want to mention one of the great things about the film was reading bill nahi's press interviews where he claimed his favorite pokemon was mew and he gave a very detailed reason why, which, which when I read the interview, I was like, damn, he did his research. He knows so much about Mew. And then I watched the movie and I realized he was literally just reciting his lines from the film. <laughs> he was like, oh, yes, I love the ancient Mew. And he was literally verbatim just telling the press lines from this movie. I'm like, that's a really clever way to pretend you know something about your subject. Just literally recite your lines. Yeah, no, I feel like he's going to come out with an interview in like five or ten years. And he's been like, yeah, it's like when Michael Caine did uh, Jaws 4, he'll be like, yeah, this is, hey, you know, I, I, I bought a house. I bought a house in... Uh, you know, um, in Greece because of this movie or something well, like that. Like I but, say, I, I think this but movie- But it's no like, Jaws 4. Jaws 4 is a truly awful movie. This is an actually competent. Yeah, it, it's a competent movie, whether you think it's a C plus or B plus, how I felt. I, th I think, listen, I'll, I'll take this movie over the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which was just bland. At, le at least they, they clearly aimed for something. They, they were swinging high and I appreciated that. And we didn't talk about the credits. Did, did you see it all for the credits? I really liked how they animated the live action characters. I thought that was really neat. Oh, I, I didn't watch the credits. Oh, you didn't watch. Oh, well, if you're listening, uh, dear dear listener, go back and watch Detective Pikachu and watch the credits. To be fair, when I first saw the movie, I just immediately left the theater. I didn't notice the credits. But they like animated Justice Smith, which I thought was neat. They animated Bill Nye. It's, it's worth it's worth just YouTubing the, the Pokemon Detective Pikachu credits. I appreciate that they like, did it in that Ken Suggy Mori style. And and just for the record, like I've, I we'll, we'll get to what we're talking about eventually, but I've been thinking about this all week. We did discuss our Pokemon movie pitches, and I do want to now briefly just talk about, because I talked about last week, how I'm like, okay, it'll be a doubles battle movie, you know, a boy and a girl. And I do want to say, I finally came up with the Pokemon who each character would have. And, and this is my Pokemon lineup for the Pokemon uh, Stadium movie, whatever you want to call it. So we talked about Riolu. He's kind of our hero Pokemon. Malcolm, if you, if you Google like Lucario, Lucario isn't like a generation one Pokemon, but he's, he's like the most popular non-generation Pokemon. He's kind of like Ryu from Street Fighter if you turned him into a 
fox creature. Oh, I think I've seen Lucario and uh, Smash. Yeah, okay, so even you're familiar with Lucario. So that tells you something. He's, he's, he's arguably the most recognizable non-original generation Pokemon. And yeah, he's like a good hero type. He's a good hero Pokemon. And then uh, we talked about Wimpod last time, the wimpy bug who turns into a samurai bug. And so this Wimpod, he'd evolve into Golisopod at the clutch midway through, and it would give Riolu some anxiety. Now that Riolu, the hero Pokemon, is now the weakest one. And then our main character, his third Pokemon would be and Incineroar. Incineroar, he's also in Smash. He's a pro wrestler cat, effectively. And this Incineroar is like the character's dad, so he doesn't respect our hero at all. So he has to earn the respect of him, which he doesn't get until the very end, until the final battle. And meanwhile, his partner, they'd have an Eevee, and the Eevee, the Eevee's a cute Pokemon. You, you need a cute Pokemon in, in, in your Pokemon movie, you know what I mean? The token cute one. And this Eevee, this, this Eevee's conflict would be like, oh, what, what do I evolve into? And the plot twist is they don't evolve the Eevee in the end. Because Eevee, it's got a move called Last Resort, and it can only be used after it's used all its other moves. So therefore you have this like sequence where Eevee's delivering the final blow. It's using all its moves in rapid succession and then uses this move called Last Resort which is kind of like the climactic final blow. And then you've got a Wobbuffet. Uh, do you know Wobbuffet, uh, Malcolm? Um, He's like a oh, wacky no. inflatable balloon thing. He's like the thing that kind of like flops back and forth if you hit it hard or whatever. Okay. And Wobbuffet is like a very silly Pokemon. Like female Wobbuffets even have lipstick. It's very silly. It's Team Rocket still has it. But the thing about Wobbuffet is this whole thing is that it can't deal damage unless it's been attacked. So it's all about countering. So it's this Pokemon that serves as comic relief, but thanks to its counter abilities, it can pretty much knock anyone out as long as it survives a move. Okay. And then you have an Empoleon, who's also a starter Pokemon. And he, he's this arrogant, I mean, his name is Empoleon. He's an emperor. He's kind of based off uh, Napoleon. And so he's kind of the arrogant straight man of like our female protagonist, who's again, kind of the stronger trainer. This is me. I, I, I was losing sleep over this because I was like, who are our six Pokemon in this movie that will not exist? Yeah, I mean, for my pitch, I, I didn't even think of a Pokemon because I don't know a ton of them. So I, but, I was just going for vibe. But I like that this is a more thought out. That, right, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I think you could still like to see at least one more Pokemon movie that's a Pokemon battle movie. Just because, again, if you do think it out really hard, you can give a lot of different trainers really fun Pokemon based on their personalities. I think you could have have a lot of fun even just with the pairings yeah well i think most people who are familiar with pokemon expect battles and that's what made detective pikachu so weird was that <laughs> it doesn't have any really traditional pokey battles i mean it has a weird underground fight sequence which that, isn't very that long. Is essentially like a a Pokemon cockfight, which is crazy for a kid's movie to have. <laughs> you know, you'd think it'd be just, oh, we'll just go to the stadium. But obviously, uh, no, it's it, not in the plans. They had it's a movie that's in conflict with the core franchise's whole concept. Yeah, it's a movie where they're like, hey, we have this app, this game app. I think as you explained to me last episode, we'll make that into the movie. And you're like, what? I mean, they, they turned a Nintendo 3DS adventure game into a movie that also criticizes the entire concept of battling. But yeah, and also I think when you have the champions, that's the other thing this movie doesn't take advantage of. The fact that there are human characters who are popular. So in this movie, you could have someone cast as say Lance or Leon or whatever. So I think you can have fun with that. And again, you give the champions that our heroes face, you can give them all the cool Pokemon basically. And again, you'd have like a montage of those cool Pokemon knocking people out in the first act. 
So I don't know. I hope we get at least one more. I'd, I'd like to see them do a do-over. I think Detective Pikachu is a good movie, but I'm still left wanting more from the core concept. Yeah, I could see them going back to the drawing board and kind of rebooting it in a couple of years and just doing a more traditional Pokemon film and sort of abandoning whatever was laid out here because if the movie doesn't end with a lot of like, oh, this there could be a lot of sequels. It kind of just ends. Oh, just that, was ends. A, a, that was an adventure. <laughs> Tim Goodman, he bonded with his dad, Ryan Reynolds. You know what? We don't necessarily need to see him ever again but yeah enough talking about the movie we already spent nearly three hours on last week today's anime is not an anime but in fact a manga and we're covering pokemon adventures and my history with this manga like a lot of pokemon related things goes back to the beginning when the franchise launched in north america and there were plenty of pokemon books comics but pokemon adventures really stuck out to me primarily because unlike the pokemon anime which featured an original character as the lead pokemon adventures was very explicitly based on the video games i think the first giveaway is that the protagonist and rival were named after the video games, Red and Blue, not Ash and Gary. We're kind of jumping ahead, but was that noticeable to you at all, Malcolm? Just again, like the fact that the characters were named after the games? Yeah, that was something that I started being like, oh, why are they all just named colors? Every character is named after a color. So and, all and the, I, main, the main characters are at least. And I guess for me, like colors, I mean, listen, man, you watch something like Dragon Ball, which we'll eventually watch, which has characters named Goku. For me, at least, characters being named after colors didn't seem that weird <laughs> compared no. to other shows. There's no art Robert E.O. Speedwagon, but like they're not the worst names. There are probably people on this planet that are named after colors, right? So For sure. I mean, Indigo is a relatively common name. Yeah, and another aspect is definitely the manga is quite a bit more mature than the anime. And as far as the history of this manga, uh, not a ton. Uh, like the Pokemon anime, I couldn't find like a lot of concrete details for its origin. And uh, unlike the Pokemon anime, um, no one had seizures. Uh, which is why we got to talk, uh, do some housekeeping earlier. But it did debut in March 1997. It debuted one month before the anime. So this actually predates the uh, Pokemon anime debut in Japan. Interesting. Yeah, and it was That's... written by the uh, Hidenori Kusaka. And for the first nine volumes, we're only covering the first three. But the first nine were drawn by the artist known as Maito. And I was really worried about her because there's very little information about her. I had to like look on Reddit to see like, is Mato okay? Cause she hasn't done much. Some people said she got sick. She, she has published one non Pokemon uh, adventures related manga and it came out in 2019. So she is alive. Yeah. Unless someone assumed her identity, but that's I, not I don't want to think about that. I, I want to think Mato is alive. <laughs> Uh, it, she did like a Marvel Halloween one shot. So maybe she just was like, I don't want to be a manga artist. Maybe Nintendo wasn't paying her enough. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it makes sense to be like, yeah, I'm tired of doing Pokemon. So I want to do something else. You, know, you hear those stories like I, that's I read up in uh, the Walking Dead comic ended. It really was the artist who was like, I kind of want to do other things. Like, I don't want to just keep doing this zombie book. Because they had done the zombie book for like 15 years. And that's like, that's a long, that's a long time. Um, well, Satoshi uh, Yama, uh, Yamamoto, uh, he has drawn it ever since. And this manga is still ongoing. They've adapted every single game, although the last arcs have been a bit shorter. I was looking up the publication history right before this. So Pokemon Black, they, Pokemon Black, like I said, it was followed up by a spinoff called Pokemon Black 2. But Pokemon Black 2 ran for like seven years and wasn't finished until April but they were still also concurrently doing mangas for the other games. So it's, it's basically been a monthly format. I believe the early volumes were weekly, especially given that these chapters are only like 15 pages compared to 25 later on. But yeah, the publication history for this series is weird. And I have read all of it. I, I did my due diligence. I binged 
I, I didn't binge all of it in like a month. I've read Pokemon Adventures Red Gold throughout the years, in the last couple of years or whatever. But I binged like the the Black series and uh, subsequent. And yeah, it's a lot. I, I have opinions. I think most of it is quite good. But it's interesting that like Pokemon Black 2 was separate from all these other future arcs, which is why none of the characters intersect because they literally did not finish it until recently. Okay. Yeah, I, that's interesting. I didn't even it's, pick it's, up on that. Again, it, it's not like a linear publication schedule. Kusaka and his artists, they've, they've, been, they've been working on multiple volumes concurrently. So it's not just like they do at Pokemon X and Y and then they move on. They might also do a spin-off, remake manga. Very confusing. Uh, moving, moving on. If, if, if a listener wants to make it even more clear, please do, because that was uh, easily the thing that was uh, giving me an aneurysm trying to figure out the publication history on these things. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's just a very, like, corporate tie-in. Like, hey, just do what we want a manga based on these video games. So can someone just do that? And if you were looking to hear about Kusaka's non-Pokemon-related manga career, um, well, it's non-existent. In a 2016 interview, he talks about how he was 26 years old and was simply offered the job by Nintendo because the Pokemon company at the time didn't even exist. And he's been working with them ever since. Even manga that isn't Pokemon Adventures that he's written is still promotional material for Pokemon content. So his entire manga career is just Pokemon. His artist has done a couple other series for Kusaka. It's been all Pokemon since he was 26 years old. That's kind of crazy. Like you'd think there'd maybe be like something from just before but I also get if it's like, oh, that wasn't very good, and I, I'm bare. And he's that. he's a writer too. Unlike a lot of people we've talked about, this guy is a writer, and he also has his own artist. So who knows? Maybe he wrote yeah. short stories. Maybe that's what got him the job or something. Yeah, because yeah, if he's just a writer, you'd think he'd be able to like write multiple things because he's not like I gotta write and draw. But I guess it's you know if you only have the passion for the one story or like you know if that's if he just considers it like this is my job and this is all I do. I think I kind of respect that too. Uh, it's a very different from American comic book writers who are, you know, juggling to up to like 10 projects at a time. Clearly Nintendo and the Pokemon company is paying him enough to live comfortably. So I guess he's, he's just chill with it. So yeah, let's get right into Pokemon Adventures Red. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't know Pokemon by name really. Oh, and so don't there was worry. a lot. There was a lot of reading that I did for this uh, episode, and I'll be honest as well. I don't have. I've never read a manga before. This is like yeah. You you had to. I had to. I had to text you, and I'd be like, yeah. You remember? You gotta read uh, right to left, not left to right. Yeah. So I was figuring things out as I went. So there's a lot that I'm gonna be forgetting if I'm being no no honest. worries. Like I said, this is twice the length of Watchmen. But yeah, let's just talk about highlights again. And for the listeners, we're not going to go scene by scene like we did with Detective Pikachu. But I think definitely talking about Red and Leah, his, his differences from Ash. He's a more confident character. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense to the limitations that I guess manga has, that you can't have a more incompetent protagonist. And also in the games, like if this is based on the games, the game's protagonist isn't that incompetent either. Like it's, you know, there is a bit of a competency, competency there. So, yeah, um... I'm kind of talking out of my ass right now. But. <laughs> so yeah, we, we get Red again. He catches a Pokemon, but then he encounters a Mew. And he, we, we also meet our, our co-protagonist. He's a bit of an antagonist, but again, we have Blue. Blue, again, he, he appeared in the anime as Gary. Again, we, we did not watch any Gary episodes in the Pokemon anime, but Gary is a familiar archetype who had like a, a cheerleader squad. I like in this series how, how this character Blue is, is for one thing like, He's a bit of a dick, but he's also not. 
he's not a deal level dick, but again, he is a very good Pokemon trainer and he, he, he knows what's up. He's calm, cool, and collected. And also, again, like it takes us a while for us to see Pikachu. Again, Charizard, it's a character who's been so associated. Were, were you shocked that um, our, our lead hero actually picked Bulbasaur? Yeah, I was a little shocked because, you, you know, I think the assumption, especially if it's, you know, you got a guy named Red, is he's going to end up with a Pikachu. But I guess Bulbasaur is one of the starting. Pokemon. He is one of the starters, but he's almost like kind of underrated. And again, like, I mean, subsequent Pokemon material hat has given a red Charizard instead of Bulbasaur because again, Charizard, Charizard, the money Pokemon. But again, I like how they give Bulbasaur the starring role in this. Yeah, I mean, I like, I mean, it kind of gives you like, you got to earn Pikachu a bit more and I don't hate that. Yeah, I mean, it also like gives an opportunity because like, I always feel like the, the grass type Pokemon are always the ones left behind. I think people For either sure. go like, Oh, I got to go Earth or Magma, or and then it's like, or Aqua. Yeah, or Water you type know, or whatever. Yeah. Water type. And the other thing, too, again, like, I, I think Charizard also serves as a good antagonist Pokemon because, again, he is a fire breathing dragon. It makes sense to give the rival that one, the cool one. You want the hero to be the underdog. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think if, it, if you had too, like, too good of a Pokemon to start off with, you're just like, well, I guess that's it. Like, I guess, it, you know, kind of too easy. So. I like that. I like that they did, they zigged a little bit when they could have zagged. And they and they also zig with Pikachu because this Pikachu isn't just like again the token hero as he is in the anime. This Pikachu's got attitude in, in this uh, series. This Pikachu likes to flex. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think you know, like there's this cuteness to Pikachu that's supposed to be like the most good Pokemon there is because obviously he's like the sidekick. He's almost the link between humans and pokemon in this yeah world. again he is the he's the mascot he's the mascot but yeah it's nice to see different versions of P uh, pikachu because i you know i have to assume i don't know this but i assume that there's more than one pikachu running I around mean, in this world pikachu is like you know it's like a medium rare uh pokemon i mean it's a i mean in the games at least in the in the original pokemon red you could only get pikachu in the viridian forest you'd have like a five percent chance but even then five percent isn't that bad and it's like you know you can always catch more yeah i guess for me i'm always like it was pikachu kind of like a mewtwo where it's like no, there's P only really Pikachu one. is very common and also not very strong. Neither is Raichu. I mean, that, it, it's such a weird Pokemon in some ways. I'm sure they didn't intend on Pikachu being the mascot, at least when they were designing the original 150. No, I could see that. Like, I could see them being like, oh, they just stumbled upon this. And then and, they just embraced it. And actually, the very first Pokemon manga, the one that predates, again, everything, actually featured a uh, Clefairy as the main character's Pokemon. Uh, so yeah, Pikachu, Pikachu was, you know, focus tested or whatever. We we could have had an alternate world where we saw Detective Clefairy. But oh. I think it was the right choice. Clefairy, again, it's more of a feminine type. I think they were trying to get more of the boys market. Yeah, I could see that. Although, like, I think Pikachu's kind of like a good mix that, it, like, it's a pretty gender fluid Pokemon. Yeah, it's, of, it's, like, it's, it's, guys it's, and girls both love. Go yeah, crazy it's cute, but it can also, again, it can also shock you and stuff. As opposed to a Clefairy, which is just like, I'm a fairy. Yeah, I can see that. Also, I think it's just uh, the yellow probably really stands out like in terms of Pikachu's design. So it's an easier like almost sale when you go like, you know, especially if you're trying to do toys and you're like, you walk into a store and it's like, oh, wow, there's like a giant bright yellow wall and it's just filled with, you know, Pikachu plushies. I don't know how, what this other character looks like that you're talking about. But... Clefairy, I mean, yeah, Clefairy is a fairy. It's a, it's a little uh, stout little fairy, fairy creature. Oh, yeah, okay, I just looked it up. Yeah, Clefairy yeah. kind of looks like um, 
a Jigglypuff with arms. It's very similar to the Jigglypuff. I think they're even like numbered right next to each other. Is Jigglypuff also a Pokemon? Jigglypuff is a Pokemon. It was wow. in it was in Detective Pikachu. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. Wow, I'm like I'm just I'm in all I'm just zoning in and out. <laughs> I, yeah, no worries. Uh, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking also Kirby. Remember Kirby? Uh, and listen, they were they were both in Super Smash Brothers, and they could both float. So there, there's definitely a lot of similarities there. They, all three of them are basically siblings. So Kirby's the you know is the stepbrother. He's in a different universe, I think. Uh, what do you think of shirtless Brock? I, I again, like these these feature older character designs, which I love. It, it's designs before the anime came out, and yeah, Brock is not nearly as much of a lead character as he was in um, the anime. And yeah, uh, our our hero, he takes him down, and it, it still ends up being Pikachu defeating a rock ground type. Which again, that's not how it works. It's not how the games work. No, but I mean, if this, if you're saying like this first part, like this first arc. They're has, still just figuring it out. And clearly they weren't trying to abide by all the rules of the video game. Yeah, like I assume, like we were just talking about the guy who wrote this was 26. So like, I assume they didn't really know what they had on, on their hands at this point. And that we, you know, almost like how Pokemon evolved. <laughs> this, These characters also evolved too. But yeah. Uh-huh. And I think this... I didn't even put together that it was really Brock. I was like, yeah, oh, that's... He's, he's repping his original character design, which is shirtless. Uh, he doesn't have, like, the vest and stuff. Uh, shirtless Brock is... Uh, I love shirtless Brock. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You're like, really? <laughs> he's, he's shirtless, but... Uh... He's, he's a rock type. He's a, he's a stone-cold dude. He probably works out. He's cool. He's, a cool, he's the coolest 10-year-old. I think Brock is like 17 at least. But... Is he 17? I mean, yeah, Brock is always to... kind of portrayed as being older. Okay. He's a gym can... leader anyways, you know what I mean? I mean, the gym leaders aren't, I think, I think Misty is the only young one and Misty is still at least like 12 or 13. And yeah, we, we still kind of get, yeah, Misty is definitely more prominent. I do like how like, again, like the first, I, I'm looking at the chapter right now. Our first appearance of Misty is her just bloodied and beaten, facing off against a Gyarados. And that's the thing, this this manga is quite a bit more mature. Did you also notice like the, the amount of death in this manga? Like multiple Pokemon die in this. Yeah, I was, be- I mean, again, this is like at a point where you're like, I'm not convinced they know this is for kids or not. Like, I don't, I don't think they like had even figured out who this was really truly marketed towards. I, well, I think it was more traditionally marketed to, given it was a manga, it was definitely aiming for more of a Shonen Jump audience, which, you know, Dragon Ball, we've talked about Jojo. Jojo was technically, it was in, it was in Shonen Jump. It was in the boys manga. And that manga was more, more of the PG-12 or, or more uh, demographic for sure. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, it did shock me. I was like, wow. And this, this is almost, I want more of this. Like, I think like I talked about like a Pokemon horror movie last Mm-hmm. episode and i was like yeah you could easily do it there is like a weird horrific element to and we definitely get some Eld- eldritch horror uh, abominations i mean yeah uh, folks we're, we're not really going to be going in a linear fashion because again I, I think malcolm is just overwhelmed by how much he read because at least at least for me i've read this again like over the last couple of days but i've also read this years ago so it's more familiar with me but yeah let's just talk more broad strokes about like the tone of this piece because again I feel I feel had Pokemon not been the massive hit it was if it was more of a mid tier again like a game that was still successful and still was like you know a solid Nintendo franchise 
I think if it that had happened, you probably would have seen Pokemon move into more of maybe a PG-13 direction. Yeah, because like for me, like my memories of Pokemon are kind of on the playground of my elementary school. The whole franchise sort of ended up speaking to pre-teen, younger, like that crowd that like, you know, the second to seventh grader crowd. Um, I don't remember wow, you know, what grade I was in when I really like remember it being around Hmm. but i know like i was in elementary school and then like it's an interesting thing because at the same time like a lot of people from that era uh like our age still like have a fondness and love for pokemon like obviously pokemon go was a huge game a few years ago like i think i joked about in a previous episode of just like how many bodies were found like (laughs) they were people were wandering the forest and stumbling on corpses i think the other thing too i'm I'm flipping through images right now i think the other thing is that like the the battles are themselves far more visceral than than any battles we saw in the uh i mean i guess detective pikachu to an extent because the battles weren't really battles they were kind of unregulated but like, for instance, like when we were watching the anime and like, you know, there were four shields protecting like the t- two champions battling each other. And again, in battles in this manga, like character, the humans themselves are constantly in peril during their own Pokemon battles. I mean, I don't know if it also is because this is all in black and white as well. And that almost adds a visceral element to what we were reading. Yeah, it's, it's dark. This is darker than I, like, expected. Yeah, it is, man. I mean, like, for one thing, I mean, one highlight is definitely when Blue's uh, Charmeleon just straight up decapitates an Arbok, the uh, the snake Pokemon. Because this po- first of all, Blue, prior to this battle, is had just been possessed by a ghost type or something like that. And you see, like, decomposing Psyducks. And yeah, that's the other thing, too. So Pokemon, it, it, it's a game where, you know, you face off against eight gym leaders. In this manga adaptation, half the gym leaders are evil. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's almost that thing of like if you once you get power, then it like corrupts you. And well, it's like... than that, I think I think it was a smart way. In the video games, the way it works is, especially in Pokemon Red, you don't really have too much interaction with the gym leaders besides you fighting them. They they just hang out in their gym, you solve their puzzle, and you fight them. And so again, what what Kusaka did was he was like, okay, I have to give these gym leaders a reason for existing. Well, obviously, Brock and Misty are going to be kind of chill. Blaine, one of the later gym leaders, is like a scientist. But yeah, he made the four nastiest char- nastiest looking gym leaders, like actual antagonists. And to have them like actually be like Team Rock and antagonists, I thought was a really cool, clever way of doing it. And like, again, they're scary people. Like Koga is a ninja. He's got an Arbok. <laughs> and again, like they try to murder these kids, man. Yeah, I think that's the other thing I always have to remind myself of. Like most of these protagonists are all children. Like they're all just like children <laughs> that are like, hey, you can wander this forest by yourself. It's fine. There are wild Pokemon and there's adults who will kill you. Like, it's like, it's almost crazy that like this is happening because it's like so foreign. I remember, you know, even as a kid, having my parents freak out if I like went too far down the street when they weren't looking at me. No, and and, and if your parents were, say, uh, part of a criminal gang and, and wielding uh, magic monsters, they would try to murder you if you got in their way. Yeah, instead of being like, hey, hey, son, let me uh, introduce you to the ways of our family. It'd be like, I'm going to kill you now. And you're like, what? Yeah, because that's one of the reveals later on is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is it Silver? Silver's father is Dominic? Oh, Giovanni. Well, that's in the gold arc. That's that's getting way ahead of what we read. Yeah, uh, I read a little bit more. But uh, 
Yeah, that, that's interesting. I didn't think you were going to read more about more ahead. I was expecting us to just cover um, Poke, Pokemon Red. What, so what, what inspired you to jump ahead? Were you just like, how were you just going down the rabbit hole? Yeah, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, let's get into that. Because again, we if we're covering this in a more broad way, we can definitely get into just how, I mean, again, things escalate. And I think especially those early Pokemon games, which didn't have a lot of plot. I think Kusaka, again, he didn't have a lot of oversight because this was just the manga. It was, I doubt this was making the Pokemon company a ton of money. So he was able to like have free reign and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to make these like kind of generic bosses effectively like antagonists. No, I can see, yeah, I can see that. Like, it, it, cause it's like, you have to like, how do you have per, uh, an antagonist otherwise, right? You have to like, you're, gym leader, you're trying to keep your power, right? And you don't want these meddling kids to come I mean, in. I mean, generally the gym, gym leaders up. traditionally are good people. Cause it's like, hey, I just run a gym and you're going to fight me and stuff. But I think especially those early ones, because again, you had the Team Rocket concept. Like I said, there wasn't a ton of plot in Pokemon Red. Well, I can't just have like this character face off against random Team Rocket grunts until he finally faces off the, the main man. So yeah, I he effectively turned these four gym leader characters into like co-antagonists. And like the the battle with Sabrina is awesome. I find the, the battle with Sabrina to be definitely a highlight. I'm trying to remember the battle. Uh, Sabrina's like the psychic one, and it's it, it's at the end of her battle where um Red's uh Ivysaur finally evolves into Venusaur. It requires the cooperation of Red, Blue, and Green. Oh oh yeah 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 no I do remember that. Yeah, and it's a cool thing. And also she's yet another liberty. They fuse the legendary birds into one like eldritch core abomination. I don't know. I, for, for, for me, I prefer this poke. I straight up like, and I, a lot of other people agree. I saw, I saw a petition that only had 1500 signatures, but it was like make Pokemon adventure the main anime. But I do think that like, I, it is kind of surprising that they never tried to make more of like a, a tween, a tween demographic Pokemon anime that kind of captured this tone or something just a little bit more mature that had a bit more serialization. Yeah, well, I think the thing that makes this interesting is the idea that, like, it's already there. So it's like, it wouldn't be that hard for them to produce. But I guess they don't want to get in the way of their own, the other anime. And, like, and it also, like, then kind of, like, this is just a sort of a recap of the video game. So you don't want to be, like, people getting disappointed by the fact that, like, oh, I recognize a lot of this stuff because it's from the games. And, like, I don't know. It's still, I mean... I think as established by the fact that Detective Pikachu exists as a movie, sometimes the Pokemon company doesn't make great choices. I mean, they, they clearly are not interested in repeating their own ideas, which, which can be a good idea and sometimes not a good idea. And I guess, yeah, they're just like, we don't need another Pokemon trainer anime because we already have the one. And yeah, they've got this kind of more mature series just kind of in the corner. Yeah, I guess like, but and then they also probably don't even want to step on... Um, what is it? How, what's his name again? Uh, Kusaka. Uh, Kusaka. Yeah, they don't want okay. to almost step on his toes if they kind of just let him just do what he wants. I feel like people at the Pokemon company probably almost forget he's even doing it. He's just like, yeah, I'm just kind of doing my thing. He just he's just on the payroll at this point. Yeah, they kind of just go like, hey, he's going to do what he wants and then just send him a check and he's never going to complain. Like, I just looked him up and he's like 50 years old now, which means he <laughs> spent half of his life writing these Pokemon. And he says he's like still down to do it. He's like, in interviews, he's like, no, I love this job. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like he would have quit early, uh, at some, uh, earlier. Yeah, I'm pretty good at quitting if you wanted it. to. He seems like, <laughs> just I looked up a photo of him. He's definitely a Pokemon stan. Like, it's a guy who loves his job. Yeah, he, he gets plenty of free reign. He clearly isn't, like, restricted to using certain Pokemon. 
Did you like the chapter featuring Bill, the guy who gets turned into a Pokemon a la the fly? Yeah, see, that's like, that felt very, yeah, like you said, a body horror moment. I was like, holy shit. Like, that's and, that, like, and that is directly from the video games. That's okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. see, that's a very, like, almost, I mean, they don't go in fly territory, but, like, it is a pretty, like, crazy moment. But they also kind of did that in the Detective Pikachu movie Well, like, I mean, well. Po and Pokemon's filled with movie references. The movie Stand By Me is referenced in like the very first screen of the video game. If you go downstairs down the protagonist's room, you can press A on the TV. It'll say like, oh, this is a movie about four boys walking on a railroad or whatever. I get, yeah, I mean, it, it's in some ways like, I guess we can credit Stephen King for the foundation of the Pokemon universe <laughs> because like that movie Stand By Me yeah is about four boys who are around the ages of most of the Pokemon protagonists and yeah they they just go off to go find well they find a body in the movie yeah like that's the whole in the short story the body buys at least there's no human bodies in this manga at least in this first arc there are some dead pokemon but they're only ugly ones i do like when we first meet giovanni they just straight up like so a couple pokemon get frozen and the he just breaks them yeah i mean that's pretty cruel that's like it was like oh boy he's he's a crime boss man he don't he don't mess around but uh, then again he's the kind of guy who wants to who will kill his own kid if they get in the way so it's like i don't think this guy is that concerned about the well-being of a pokemon and like i think about it, like you were talking about the snake pokemon before who gets its head cut off yeah in theory snakes can kind of well can they now or am i thinking worms but i like, mean sometimes their snakes. body and then they can kind of regrow it back. But he, like, here's the damn. other counterpoint. That snake was trying to do an acid attack and he had acid dripping from his mouth. So I'm pretty sure he fell on the acid. So that that's a whole nother situation he ran into after getting his head chopped off. Yeah, like that's another horrifying moment. It's like, oh, the acid hits the wrong person and now they're disfigured for life. Yeah, the, the acid hits the Pokemon. The Pokemon gets uh, killed by its own acid. Yeah, I think in general, the battles, to me at least, are more interesting, generally more interesting than the anime. Because again, they involve the trainer. There, there's all these things, like, like, and they even, like, the trainers themselves, like, use techniques to actually win the Pokemon battles. When Red defeats Giovanni, finally, like, he, he supercharges his Pikachu's Pokeball to, like, 10,000 volts or something. And, like, Giovanni's like, wait, how did, how did you do that? How did you not electrocute yourself? And he's like, oh yeah, I got that glove from uh, one of your mid-bosses, Lieutenant Surge, because he, again, Lieutenant Surge, he's an electric-type trainer, so he has this conducive glove, and that's how he beats him. So again, he's not even, he's using his own technique, his, his own human techniques plus his Pokemon techniques to, to win this battle. That makes sense. It's like, oh, this is a smarter protagonist. This is a protagonist that, like, understands their Pokemon in the world, and like, yeah, I like that. And sometimes, like, you know, it feels like they just kind of fall into, like, stuff. And it's part of it is just because they're kids. But also, just because it's convenient. I, I also really like the chapter. Again, it's, it's also featuring L Lieutenant Surge when they're on the ship or whatever. And that, this is a chapter where Red, his Poliwhirl evolves into Poliwrath. And uh, in addition to Red's Poliwrath evolving, this guy who's, like, the head of the Pokemon fan club, he's like, Oh yeah, my Abra is on that ship too. And Red Ren points out, she's like, "Oh yeah, I rescued your Abra. He evolved into an Alakazam." And this this guy, the president of the Pokemon fan club, only cares about cute Pokemon, so he's actually quite unhappy that he hasn't evolved Pokemon now. Yeah, you know, he's like, "I wanted the cute one, not not the cool one." I also find the the head of the Pokemon fan club again. He's got this like big bushy beard. He's got a cane in the hat. 
again. And he also like tries to cut in line during the tournament at the end. He's he's a he's a wacky person. No, that's kind of funny. Yeah, he's kind of the comic book guy of the world. Yeah, ex- exactly. A fanboy, like this, the representation of like overzealous fans, because that is like a part of it where it's like you know people get into like whatever they feel they want to get into and. You know, and they just do it because they really love doing it. And then you got like the fans who are like, you know, they don't really, they're not doing much, but like obviously they're, you know, consuming the content. So they're doing a lot. But at the same time, it's like, hey, appreciate if it evolves. <laughs> like you don't have to be a dick about it. We, we also get quite a bit of ditto action. I mean, yeah, like, uh, so one of our other uh, characters in the series, uh, Green. No, I like, and I, I liked the character of Green, the girl, a lot too, because her design was actually based off of like a strategy guide. It wasn't a, it wasn't a design that came from the games because you couldn't uh, select gender until Pokemon Crystal version. And so, yeah, I remember like a pamphlet that had like three trainers and uh, you can only see the backside of this female character because again, there were only um, two, two main characters in the video game. So yeah, what Kusaka did is he based that design off of the strategy guide. Again, he 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 was he was digging for uh, resources, and also I think he just wanted to give the character a Squirtle. He's like, yeah, we need a girl, and we need to give her a Squirtle in this. I do like that, like that's because this is the '90s, right? So like, there could have easily been a, where they just go like, I oh, will just have more guy protagonists. I do like that he had the foresight to be like, no, we need let's balance out the genders. Like, let's make sure, let's make yeah, sure, and- you know, that like, hey, because they're going to be, you know, obviously female fans of Pokemon, and I know a few you know, who really do love this world. And it's like, you need, you know, you can't always just be Ash clones who are running around. For sure. And and again, I think Green also resembles another character in an anime we've watched. I mean, she actually predates her. But, you know, she is a thief like Nami from One Piece. And again, she's kind of she's kind of a con artist with a tragic past. Yeah, wow. and I, there, I mean, the, the standout moment I'm thinking of with Green right now is uh, a moment that was censored in like the initial North American releases of this manga where um, she's facing off against Sabrina and uh, Sabrina slashes her chest and it's revealed that where, where her boobs are, she has two Pokeballs, which she then unleashes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blue, again, I, I like the fact that she uses clever tactics. She also faces off against Professor Oak at the end in, in the tournament section. Uh, that's the thing too, compared to other volumes, again the chapters in this series at least are only 15 pages for now later later series it's more in the 25 range and so like even like red facing off against giovanni it's like it's like in chapter 38 of 40 and i was like oh my god how are they gonna how are they gonna condense all this they're gonna do a tournament in just two chapters but they do manage to do it they they definitely speed over like semifinals they're just like nope we're just gonna show you the two most important matches yeah, I kind of like that, that they're just like, hey, we'll show you what's important. Because, yeah, I mean, it, it could have been an easy cash grab just to be like, we'll show you it all. But it just from no, a story it, pacing the perspective. Point. But I do like, again, like Professor Oak, he, he takes down uh, Green with just a Spiro. Again, this like useless bird who's not even fully evolved. And we get some hints at her tragic backstory because it turns out she has a, a fear of birds because she was abducted by a very large one six years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay, what's the name of that bird? Uh, the bird is Ho-Oh. It's a legendary Pokemon, and they even use a silhouette of Ho-Oh when they're discussing it. Green ends up being tied to another character in Pokemon Gold and Silver. I mean, po- Pokemon Gold and Silver, again, it brings back the characters from Pokemon Red and Blue, because again, like, those two games were tied to each other. In Pokemon Gold and Silver, the video game, you could return to the Kanto region from Pokemon Red, so... And the, the Pokemon uh, 
gold chapter. The Pokemon Gold series is a great sequel, in my opinion, because it does have a lot of crossover between protagonists. Yeah, and like, and also because like the, because there are also remakes of existing Pokemon games, they use that as an excuse to bring back protagonists. So when they remade like Pokemon Red and Blue uh, for uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green, they use that as an excuse to like do an arc with like Red, Blue, and Green yet again. And it ends up tying into like a whole nother thing in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, which leads to like this Avengers Endgame level of just like at the time, all nine starter Pokemon just like firing off massive blasts of energy <laughs> against the, the main villain of the t at the time. They do do a lot of cool crossover in this series. I'm going to let you keep talking because I, actually, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of this. I mean, you don't remember that because you didn't read Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. I'm, I'm just telling the listener just how, how intense it gets oh okay okay that makes were sense. you like oh my god i remember like nine pokemon trainers like using their laser blasts <laughs> yeah i was like wait a minute <laughs> so we're, we're going oh in god. advance that is just again like the, these first 40 issues are just a sketch and even like pokemon yellow pokemon the pokemon yellow arc spans 50 chapters because they're like okay we have to include the elite four in this and in typical pokemon adventures fashion they give them unique backstories because again they're trying to give characters who at the time of the video games released didn't didn't have a lot of detail yeah let's get to the final battle i think i think we've covered a decent chunk at least it's, you seem very overwhelmed by this it is because i'm so new to this right like i'm new to this world i, I think it would be a bit easier for you though because you have read comic books that was my whole thing yeah i i guess it you know in, in some ways it was but i also like i think for me what overwhelms is that i i don't know pokemon world at, that well even after all this stuff we've watched like i still like it's still so foreign to me and there's so mm. much happening. And so there are things that are like familiar. Like I'm still going like, wait a minute, what? Like, well, this is happening and that's happening. Whereas you're obviously, you know, very much more aware of what's happening in this world. It's the same how I feel with Star Wars. I never really grew up with Star Wars. So I don't have this like built-in childhood nostalgia for it. So when I do like encounter Star Wars stuff, uh, I know some people who are like, wow, I remember this character from this scene and that. And I'm like, oh, I don't. I don't remember. I just kind of consumed it <laughs> as just like a random viewer. Did Did you recall the chapter where Red and Blue Blue accidentally like switch Pokemon? I thought that was a pretty fun one. Which chapter was that? Like, uh, I can't give a number, but basically like, they bump into each other and it turns out Red Red ends up getting all of Blue's Pokemon and Blue gets all of Red's. And so Red is like stuck with like these Pokemon who are very like training oriented and very mean. And then yeah. uh, Blue gets stuck with, again, these, like, very laid-back ones. And by the end of the chapter, when they finally switch spots, like, <laughs> uh, Red discovers, like, oh, my God. Like, you know, he's, he's, put, he's put my Pokemon on this crazy training regiment, and now he's intimidated by them. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. I mean, that's the one thing I did notice is certain of these – there's certain chapters here – that you know have different like vibes like you know there's that one with like that has a bit of a the fly vibe and like you know the chapter 13 with Psyduck is like almost like a bit of like a haunted has this like vibe to it or they're in the, oh, I mean there, there was stuff like that that I you know that I actually did like as I was reading it I was like oh okay so they're like it's not just like constantly like we're going on this one I mean it is like going on this one adventure but like I like that they were mixing up almost the subgenre a bit a bit and also this series is also a series where Mewtwo actually gets captured. Like Red actually does capture Mewtwo. Yeah, that was shocking. I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, I, like he, but I always feel like when Mewtwo gets captured, it's like a willing, like he has a bigger plan and he like is willing to get captured to like 
to make this plan work. But I also, it's hard to say. I think it was we established last episode in Detective Pikachu, Mewtwo's not even the most powerful Pokemon around. Like he just no, he's like, he's like powerful, but again, he doesn't like control time and space. He's just like strong ass dude. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just the first powerful Pokemon we're all introduced to when we're young. So it's like, of course, sure. he's the, of course he's the God Pokemon. And it's like, no, he's not. He's, would the God Pokemon really allow himself to get captured by Blaine? No, Blaine. <laughs> I liked Blaine. I liked how, first of all, Blaine, again, he's not a Team Rocket member, but he is like, they, they use the fact that he's a scientist uh, really well in this. And I liked, again, like some of the eldritch horror in this, where like Blaine was like, oh yeah, I like use some of my own cells to create like Mewtwo. So now his like hand is like all messed up. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm probably going to die eventually. <laughs> yeah, there's, again, this weird body horror complex that exists in Pokemon world. It, it is, man. And I think it's one that they've definitely toned down. But I like the fact that this manga really, really goes into it. And yeah, we also like see an Eevee who can like switch forms too early on, which kind of hints at the legendary birds being fused together. There's some really unique ideas. I think this manga, I think for those of you, especially Pokemon fans who, who want something a bit more mature, a bit more serialized, this is really, I would really recommend this. And like the final fight with like red, red and blue is like awesome. I loved how like, Red used his three main Pokemon to like kind of cooperate. Like every, like again, like Blue, who is such this good trainer is like pretty much just taking down every one of Red's Pokemon one by one. But the fact that like Red does this combo attack, which like utilizes uh, his Polyrath, you know, uh, his Polyrath puts out the fires of Charizard, which causes like a steam cloud to rise up. And then like he uses Venusaur's like vines to kind of hold um, Charizard down. And then Pikachu's uh, Thunder, because again, created by the Steam Clouds to just launch a massive bolt onto Charizard. Again, like the, they find really clever ways to end these Pokemon battles in a way that I don't think the anime really ever achieves. No, but I also think this, this Pokemon Adventures is allowed to be darker. And so it has like more options at its disposal than like, yeah, and it, the, the anime always has to like have a, like a kid-friendly asterisk next to it when it's coming up with like, stuff and you know uh here it's like oh we can do like something a little bit moodier or something almost genre like all right so so as always i i think we've covered this enough we'll get to final thoughts in a sec but before that we have to get into our favorite segment who is the ario speedwagon of this manga Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Malcolm, do you, do you have a speedwagon for this manga? This is tough. Uh, this is, I think, because like there's a lot happening. So I, you know, and I did skim port portions of it um, as I was, you know, getting uh, a feel for honestly, even just how to read uh, manga. But uh, uh, I'll, I'm going to go back to uh, I'm, it's the Psyduck chapter, uh, mm. which is chapter 13. I've got it open on my computer. Uh, my, our, uh, was it Robert E.O. Speedwagon is there's like this old man that he uh, that Red encounters uh, at a cemetery and I, I don't know why I, I just kind of liked him I like I'm always a sucker for an old man in a story uh, I always go like oh can you like kick ass and all that uh, he kind of like disappears he just offers Red some soup 
uh, and maybe and a little bit of wisdom, if I'm not mistaken. And he talks about ghosts. I <laughs> like that. Too. I was like, is there a ghost Pokemon? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a legit question. But, well, I mean, uh, I mean, you know, Gengar is a ghost. He's a ghost type. Is he a ghost? Wow. Yeah, that's, Gengar is that's a ghost. How, that's how little I know. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I liked that. I, I liked the, uh, the old man talking about ghosts. Nice. And, and for me, it's it's got to be, you know, it's it's close. I, I like Bill because Bill's a funny character because he gets turned into a into a Rattata. But I, I do like the uh, the pushy um, head of the Pokemon fan club. I like the fact that this guy, just this weirdo, he's kind of a dig because, again, he's, like, trying to push in line. I think the fact that he, like, pushed in line in that, like, last chapter or two was really, really gave him the speed wagon for me. Because again, he's just this dude who just wants cute Pokemon. He, he has a fan club. Uh, he's a weird dude and he's got a weird beard. Yeah. No, I kind of have a feeling that was who you were going with. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, who, who was the, 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 the Pokemon Speedwagon of sorts for you? What, what was the Pokemon that stood out for you the most in this manga? You know, you know, I know he was like a more uh, prevalent Pokemon. I don't know. I forget his name. Um, he's the, like, the strong guy with the spiral. Honestly. Oh, Polyrath. Polyrath, yeah. I mean, I guess because he's like someone you don't see a lot in other media. Like, I don't, I've, you know, like, we like didn't really see him. Uh, obviously, he wasn't in the movie uh, and he wasn't. He's in not a super popular Pokemon. I think, like, people yeah. don't really like him, but again, he's not one that's definitely, he's not one that's uh, in all the merchandise. Yeah, I really like his design. I like the spiral. I like he's like this kind of tough. I don't even know how to describe him. He's just like, uh, he looks like a guy who is like forged in the mines. Like, yeah, you know? and he, he, he is a water fighting type. So again, like he's got the fighting type component. He evolved again, like he evolves early on in the series. So he's pretty competent. He's got like cool moves like ice beam. And uh, he is also my Pokemon speed wagon because yeah, I've always liked Poliwhirl. I like that this, this manga is like the only piece of Pokemon media. Um, and really even the series, cause sadly, um, even though Red comes back, they obviously, they, they don't have time to bring back all of Red's Pokemon, and they mostly focus on his Venusaur and Pikachu. So yeah, the, this uh, one series is really the only time Polyrath gets gets to shine. Yeah, and, and that's kind of disappointing because I think he's a very, like, you know, he seems like he'd be very marketable. And, like, I, I know he's kind of inspired by frogs, but it's like... Yeah, and, like, like the swirl is supposed to be, like, his intestines. Yeah, um, you'd think, it, yeah, like I said, it'd be more, like, he's almost, it's weird, he's, like, he's kind of ch chunky in the, in this, the manga, like, he's very muscular, but, like, when you look at his design elsewhere, he's, like, more rounded, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of funny. Um, he's but, a cool Pokemon, and he also has, like, an alternate evolution that looks more like a frog called Politoed. Again, like, like, the, the, the polyline is funny, at least in Generation 1, because it's just a tadpole that evolves into a bigger tadpole. Yeah, except he's like a kick-ass tadpole. So yeah, I liked him just because it's like it's such a you know you forget about him. He's like one of those Pokemon that you for, tend to forget about. Yeah, so. he's underrated, and yeah, like he he is also my Pokemon uh, speed wagon. Uh, final thoughts on this series, man. Uh, what do you think? I mean, yeah, final thoughts on Pokemon Adventures, and we'll get to final thoughts on the franchise. Um, I think for Pokemon Adventures, uh, it's. I don't know. I mean, I wanted, you know, I wanted to give it more, but I just, I, I kind of found, I think because this was like really my first time reading manga that it, you know, it is, you know, this is 
probably an easier read than some of the other stuff we've covered when it, in terms of complexity of the story. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's not, uh, I just, it's, I don't know if it's my cup of tea. Like, I don't know yet, but yeah, I'm also I'm too new into it that I don't know. Uh, but at least from terms of style and story, I actually like some of the choices they made. And that's what like, kept me engaged and kept me going. Especially when I was, you know, some of the stuff was like, ah, oh, you know, a bit of a drag to get through. But um, I'm just happy that I at least, you know, tried it out. I mean, so much of this uh, for me, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is that, uh, you know, it's something I want to see, you know, I want to see what uh, what's out there and, you know, and cons- what's, you know, what people like and uh, if I'll like it. So um, for sure. And I, I think especially that I, this is a, this is a series I can really recommend to Pokemon fans who just were not aware of its existence because it is a, a different, more mature take on the material. I think that's kind of what I'm, what the answer I was looking for almost, because yeah, we've watched three pieces of Pokemon material and this is definitely, I think this is the most successful in my opinion, at least. It's yeah, it definitely appeals to like an adult sensibility. Like this is definitely great for, um, and maybe it's because it was written by someone who's a, uh, who was around our age when they were writing it. Um, um, that, you know, yeah, this is like definitely like if you were a fan of Pokemon as a kid and, you know, and maybe drifted away from it, but are looking to get back into it. Yeah, this is probably a good place to like look into because like I said, it feels very much like it's its own separate entity in the Pokemon world. And I got to give some respect to that. For sure. Yeah, I, th- I think the originality and again, the fact that they're able to take bigger swings, they're able to do more complex stories. And just kind of go to go to weird places, have interesting trainers, and and just not do. I mean, again, like the the Pokemon anime has had the same protagonist for eleven hundred episodes and counting. So it's cool that like every series in this, every series they're adapting is a whole new set of characters. It's it's all it's kind of like JoJo in a way almost, although it's it's a bit easier to to get into than JoJo. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how you'd get into JoJo, honestly. If you're a manga reader. Uh, I mean, you but, read it linearly. That's what you do. But I guess that's how it works for all series. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. I mean, it's you almost don't want it, like, you know, it to be like an NCIS thing where you're just like, I guess I can jump into any episode my grandmother's watching right now. No, but I, I would say if like, you started with, say, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, you probably would be able to jump into it because, again, that's a whole new set of... Uh, protagonist a new set of pokemon and again a new explanation of the rules um but yeah let's let's move on towards the end final thoughts on this franchise we we've spent god knows how many hours talking about pokemon uh malcolm how how was this journey exploring this franchise it's interesting this is like a you know because pokemon for me is something like you know i dabbled with a little bit when i was a kid but, you know, I didn't like, you know, I kind of moved on from it. So it was something I like wasn't thinking about for years and years. And it was interesting to re, uh, almost re-engage with it. Like it was kind of like, it's interesting to rediscover it. I can understand why it's so popular and so endearing, why so many people love it, like including you. Um, you know, I think there's, what makes this world unique compared to like, you know, other huge worlds, like say Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or like, you know, Jojo or whatever, is that I actually like that the, like the versatility of it. And I feel like there's so many possibilities within this world and uh, that like it can lead to a lot of interesting stuff. And, 
you know, you, we, we kind of touched upon three different versions of this. Uh, and I like that. Like, it's like, you know, yeah, there's a kid's anime that's, you know, designed for, you know, a child's audience. Or, but it's also something that could be watched as, like, you have a kid, and but you also grew up with Pokemon. So it's like, oh, I can, you know, it's almost good for parents and kids. I think it's Kyle Bottom said in that episode. And, uh, you know, obviously Detective Pikachu, it's just like, oh, this is like almost this weird detective story in the middle of, you know, the Pokemon universe. And this is just like an adult, you know, almost a, a more adult take, telling of the story. Um, and yeah, like, I like that versatility. Uh, will I be like continuing watching Pokemon stuff as I like after this? I'm not sure. I, you know, probably not, but it has nothing to do with me like, wanting to like slag on Pokemon because mm. I think like that's not uh that's would be unfair but um but I respect it I respect the hell of, uh, out of what they created for sure man and yeah I I hope you dear listener have enjoyed this mini series we really wanted to do like a different way of like just talking about this franchise because again this franchise is so huge and like I mean listen there's plenty of animated Pokemon material that like again before I was going to cover Pokemon Adventures I was considering like covering all these promotional shorts they've done they've done like they've done multiple series of shorts in different animation styles uh there's a fantastic music video called pokemon special gotcha uh that i watch like every day it's like just an incredible music video there's a whole like two it's like it's two minutes the most intense animation you'll ever see because they they combine 20 years of pokemon into just two minutes of visuals Will it, it give you a seizure if you watch it? It, it, it borderline will. Um, <laughs> but it's just like this incredible music video. Um, I highly recommend uh, you listeners listen to it. Maybe we'll even play a bit of it at the end. But yeah. What, what, what about you? Like, what did you, like, uh, what's your kind of perspective on this? Um, I, uh, like, like I say, man, I mean, I've always been absorbed in this world, so I can't say I gained anything new. It was more looking at it through your eyes. I enjoyed, again, discussing just how weird this shit is uh particularly again like we're talking about vagabonds and detective pikachu of course just being this weird movie that you know existed it it, it we we got a detective pikachu movie before a legend of zelda movie or an uncharted movie that's insane it's kind of insane when you and think it, about and not like that, a competent one like well you know regardless of what your grade was it was clearly a movie that definitely was far more competent than i think anyone yeah. expected it's, it, it's definitely watchable. Like, it's definitely, you're not going to sit there and be like, if you're listening to this podcast and then, you know, yeah, it's definitely like you can watch it and, and enjoy, enjoy it for what it's, uh, what it ha- what it does right and what it does wrong. Like, it's just like, yeah. So yeah, like, dear listener, again, I think uh, Pokemon franchise, it's just such a flexible f- series. And again, what makes the games fun is, of course, you know, <laughs> I mean, how many RPGs feature like 900 different playable, playable party members? Uh, I can't name too many. I don't think there is one. And again, it's it's a franchise where every every person has a different favorite Pokemon. Every Pokemon is someone's favorite. And it's just cool that again, like this series still is going strong. It's it's been going on for what like close to twenty five years. It's gonna go for another twenty five more. It seems if Star Wars can can continue, so sure can uh, Pokemon. Yeah, it's kind of weird to think that, like, for almost our entire lives, uh, this has just been, like, a huge part of pop culture. And again, it, it never, it, it had its dips, but again, stuff like Pokemon Go just re-exploded it. So it, it's always been successful. It's always been a top seller. It's always been, it's been selling t-shirts and plushies. It's, I, I can't see it going away. I mean, Marvel Comics is still around after, after since the 1960s. So, yeah, 
Um, anyways, that, that ends our podcast, folks. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this discussion. Uh, next week, we got a special guest, uh, Raylene Carson. Uh, she's going to be talking Hunter Hunter. Uh, she hasn't given me the episodes yet, uh, but we'll post them in the show notes uh, for what to view next. And yeah, uh, enjoy, enjoy going back to more standard anime, at least for the next, next several episodes uh, before we inevitably switch up the format yet again. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of excited for that. I mean, yeah, obviously this concludes our Pokemon arc, but I have a feeling we're probably going to return to it at some point. Uh, you know, uh, I've, I've, I mean, I think we're Pokemon out for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, let's throw it That's down a, a while, while. A while, a while. We got to get back to JoJo first. But uh, anyways, dear listener, yeah, you can find us uh, every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and is this anime pod on Twitter and Insta. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, and uh, like and uh, subscribe if where you listen to podcasts, whether that's like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we're on there as well. And uh, yeah, just uh, give us a review and you know pass it along if you enjoy this podcast. And especially give us your thoughts on just this whole Pokemon series. I mean, if you're like, hey, cover the Pokemon Twilight Wings mini animated series, maybe maybe we'll pressure Malcolm to do it because there is a, like a lot of material we still uh, couldn't cover. This is a big franchise. Yeah, and that's almost what's overwhelming about it. Anyways, uh, take care, and as they say, pika pika. editor's favorite sound clip of the episode. Uh, Shirtless Brock is, uh, I love Shirtless Brock. <laughs>